Welcome to Stewardology, a podcast where two worlds collide. In this show, financial advisor Tim Russell and Reverend Drew Geisey come together to explore the intersection of financial stewardship and theology. Their unique perspectives help Christians and churches understand and apply a biblical framework for everyday financial decisions, so Christians everywhere can improve and strengthen their walk with Christ through biblical stewardship. Before we get started, we just wanted you to know that the topics discussed in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations. Investing and investment strategies involve risk, including the potential loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities and advisory services are offered through Genios Wealth Management, member FINRA and CIPIC. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Tim Russell and Drew Geisey. I'm Tim Russell. And I'm Pastor Drew Geisey. And we welcome you to episode 121 of the Stewardology Podcast. Well, recently, we went back to the basics to address the question, what is stewardship, as found in episode 119. And as we grasped the definition of stewardship, we found it necessary to explore what good stewardship actually looks like, not just in theory, but practically. What does good stewardship look like? How do we look at our lives and figure out whether or not we are really being good, a good steward over what God has entrusted to us? We don't do this to create a barometer of judgment over ourselves or others. Instead, it causes us to take a good, introspective look at our own lives and figure out the ways that we can become an even better steward of what God has placed into our care. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note right on the outset that this isn't about shame. No. This is not about um, pointing out that you have been or haven't been a good steward, or uh, this is more about helping us to, we we have this idea of what is good stewardship. Let's, let's look at not just the definition, but how does it manifest itself? Yeah. And remember, we're all on a journey to better stewardship. And Tim, you you said such a key word there, that word journey. I know it's overused today, especially in the church world, but that's exactly what this is. It's not a once and done. Even those that are very good at giving and generosity, et cetera, can always take that next step better. So before we begin to understand what stewardship is, I think it's good to find out what it is not. So Tim, start us off with that. Well, what stewardship is not? Stewardship is not about earning so much money. If you earn $20,000, you're this level of steward. If you earn $100,000, you're that level of steward. It's not about your income. I think a lot of people think about it that way, that it's an income or asset-driven piece. Uh, Well, so yes, I I actually, I, I think... On the low end of the income scale, people who who make very little money say, well, I don't have enough money to be a good steward or to be a steward. Like if I had more money, I could be a better steward. I listen to your podcast, Tim, and I hear you talk about all of these different things. And and I realize if I only had more money, I could then be a better steward. I have heard that same, Tim. Yeah, that's not the point. We're not trying to say good stewardship happens above a certain income threshold. Right. 
Remember the widow. We'll talk about her probably a little later mm-hmm. with those two mites, those two little pennies that she put in the offering. Yeah. She was considered a good steward by our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. So if you have little, you can be a good steward. I think on the other end of the income spectrum, we have someone with a lot of income, and and they think, for whatever reason, that they're, by virtue of this income, a better steward than someone who has less, mm, because yeah. to whom much has been given, much more shall be required. Yes. Or maybe they're not thinking about that one. Maybe they're thinking about the one that, how can you be trusted with worldly means when you can't be trusted with spiritual things. Jesus talks about one of his parables. So clearly they have been trusted with something, therefore they must be better Mm -hmm. than the rest. I've got got bad news for you. It is very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, Jesus says in the parable, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go into the kingdom of God. I love that picture. The camel through the eye of the needle. I just love yeah. that picture. It's and impossible. I, and I know we recently spoke about this in, in yeah. one of our episodes. The point here is with God, all things are possible. With man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Yeah. So you have a lot of money. You can still be a good steward. You are required to be a good steward because to whom much is given, much more shall be required. Let's keep on moving. So it's not about the money. It's not about the savings. It's not about the large portfolio. It's not about the nice house. It's yeah. not even about yeah. the car that you drive. Yes. So what's it about, Tim? Mm. All these things have this stewardship implication that they're not in and of themselves necessarily signs of good or poor stewardship. They just show that you have what you have, right? Good stewardship is a process whereby we become more and more like Christ Mm. in the way that we interact with and care for the world that he has placed us in. The good steward is not perfect, but progressing in faith towards better management of God's resources in and outside of their personal care. That that word progressing is a key word. It's, and you said it, this good steward is not perfect, but progressing, progressing in their faith. And that faith causes them to have better management of what God's put before them. And I think that's that's great. So then how do we know if we are a good steward? What are some of the, the earmarks of that, Tim? The question, I think, is in what or in whom do we trust? Yes, I agree. A good steward is not someone who simply has lots of nice things, because I, we addressed you could have not many nice things at all. Right. The question is... Do you trust the things? Mm. Do you trust yourself, your wisdom, your income, your savings, your national identity, your political identity, your denominational affiliation? Or are you trusting in Jesus Christ as your only hope for life and in death? Yes. Right? Is, Is Jesus Christ the thing in which you find your anchor when the waves of life are rolling and things are unsettled? So there are five... At five aspects of of what stewardship looked like, Think, behavior patterns or or lifestyle worldview orientations of a good steward, and the, and the first one is so so important. It's it's the benchmark where everything has to come out of. So the first thing is repentance. Mm. The good steward 
lives a life of repentance. Okay, so repentance implies the fact that you and I are not perfect, that that we in so many ways, ways which we know of, ways which we are not even aware of, that we are failing to meet up to the standard of God. Yeah. Perfection. Yeah. So rather than allowing that reality, our imperfection to cripple us and to to um, take away our motivation and joy and passion and, and just just to just to create discouragement within us, we come to Christ humbly saying, Lord, help me. Mm-hmm. Not not thank you, God, that I am better than that other poor, wretched person over there, uh, that you made me so much better financially. No, it's Lord God, please have mercy on me, a sinner. The good steward recognizes that even his best works, even his best efforts at stewardship ultimately in one way or another will fall short of God's perfect standard. So keep on going back to him. Yeah. Keep on looking to Christ. He will forgive. He's ready to forgive and to resource you and me with what we need to make progress. Remember that the Christian life is a life of progressive sanctification. We believe the Bible very clearly teaches that when you are saved, you become more and more like Jesus Christ. It's not a light switch that's turned off and on, right, all at once. It is something that we grow into Christ-likeness as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well said. And we know that Jesus is ready to forgive. And he's ready to forgive and have us move in that right direction. I think one very important thing is, this is a lost word in the church today, repentance. Sure. I've been in the church world most of my life, and I've been in church leadership most of my life, and it is a word that's not mentioned much. But here in this arena of stewardship, there, Tim, I'm so glad we put this word in here, because that is the, that is the beginning of moving forward when it comes to be, being a good steward. Look, if you've made a wreck of your life financially with your financial choices and poor stewardship choices that you acknowledge and know, repentance is the foundation. It's the beginning of being a good steward. If you've been making a good financial decisions your entire life, you have the resources and the means, repentance is still required because even your best stewardship is still filthy rags when it comes to the perfect standard of God. Amen. So we're all on equal standing before him. Not that we're all at the same level of our of our of our growth towards stewardship, but we recognize that we we desperately need him. We still fall short, which is why the second point comes up. Yeah, the good steward not only is a repentant Christian, they are a Christ focused Christian. Why? Because Christ is ready to receive you. He's ready to forgive to create in us what we need. There's a biblical or a theological concept called union with Christ. One of the Apostle Paul's favorite ways to describe the Christian experiences in him, being found in In him him. or in Christ, 
the idea is that when God looks at us, he doesn't see us in our wretched, sinful state. He sees Jesus Christ, who died for us, who forgives our sins, who clothes us in his perfect righteousness so that now he doesn't see the Tim Russell who in many ways fails to live up to the standard. He sees Jesus Christ, who died for my sins, who intercedes for me before the Father. So in that way, the good steward is Christ-focused because he realizes that Christ is what he is going towards, what he's moving uh, what he's moving into. We have Jesus Christ. We are becoming more like Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of stewardship is to understand how does our union with Christ, how does our relationship with him impact the way we have or handle our financial priorities? All of those things are connected. Tim, I I so appreciate what you just said. Let me add this to it. Many of us today, we listen to these financial and stewardship podcasts and these gurus that are out there that really know their stuff. We want to follow after people like Dave Ramsey, which he has done a great job for believers and finances. We want to follow after people like Larry Burkett, uh, who has done a remarkable job through the years. But Tim, the most important thing is, is not to follow after those men, not to follow after you, Tim, or me, Drew, but to follow after Christ. That is, the again, part of the benchmark for us in getting our stewardship moving in the right direction. Yeah, the good steward presses after Jesus Christ. They want to model, mimic him, not Dave Ramsey or Lair Briquet or Tim or Drew. And they're all good, all those people. Praise Jesus for them. Yes. But they are not your standard. No. They are not your goal. Keep the goal, Christ. And the next one word in our in our list here is the word trust. How will our needs be met? Are we relying on our own wisdom, our skill, our hard work, and our attentiveness to provide for our needs? Or are we looking to God, who has promised that we are worth much more than many step sparrows, much more than many sparrows. Many times we just think about, I can take care of this myself. The old adage, I pull myself up with my bootstraps. I, I'm going to make this on my own. You know, when one fears that things are going to go poorly, maybe our health may fail, loved ones may pass away, layoff notices may come, war famage may ravage. How do we handle such fears? This touches on the thorny dilemma of stewardship, preparing against negative outcomes while trusting God to work out all the details. How much planning, how much prepping is enough? How much is too much? That's a great question. And the answer may be different for each person based on what is motivating and driving their actions. But on the flip side, does our trusting God look like letting go and letting God? Are we, are we taking God seriously and using the wisdom and the resources that he has put at our disposal? A lot of, a lot of things that are there, Tim, to kind of process about trust. But again, we're coming with repentance, and repentance, part of repentance is trusting God that he knows what's best. 
So if you're following along, we said there are five characteristics or aspects of of what good repentance looks like, or good, good repentance, <laughs> what a good steward looks like. And it's number one, repentance. Number two, Christ-centered. Number three, trust. Trust in the Lord, not in yourself. Yes. Or your own wisdom. Or your finances. Yeah, absolutely. And then the fourth one is confidence. Mm. Because we trust, because we are we, we we recognize our own sinfulness, we recognize our union with Christ and we we are pressing on towards him, we are clothed in his righteousness because we have the confidence and the trust that he will provide our needs, we can now turn around and have the confidence that no matter what happens, God will meet our needs. When we face a future with confidence, we do it because God has blessed us with his promises. God is the one who provides us all that we need. We remember a couple verses here that I think we want to remind you of. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, they will not burn you. The flames will not set you ablaze. Love that. Or, or take a look at one of my favorite passages here from 1 John 4, 4, little children. You are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That is a great reason for us to have confidence. Remember to keep your life free from the love of money and to be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's from Hebrews 13, 5. And finally, from Romans 8, 28, we all know this by heart, and we know that all things work together for good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. Mm, Love all them. So we can face the future with confidence, not because of our wisdom, not because of our resources, but because of God's promises. When you walk through the fire, I will be with you. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. I will never leave you or forsake you. All things will work together for good for those who love him. We can face any amount of uncertainty, any amount of difficulty with the confidence that the Lord is with us and that nothing ultimately can take from us what ultimately matters in our life. And that's our relationship with God. You know, when I think of this, uh, greater is he who is in in me than he who is in this world. When I think of that verse, there's a, a word that comes. We as believers, we become bulletproof. We bring it on. We, we can handle what's going on, not because of us, but because of whom we trust, whom we're living in. So if you're following the logical progression, right? Repentance, looking to Christ. Uh, It's having trust in him, which results in confidence to face life, which then results in, you're following the progression here, work hard. Yeah. Hard work. Yeah. So the the good steward is not just someone who sits back and says, Jesus Christ is going to make it all work. I'm just going to let go and let let God, right? The good steward is the one who says, no, 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 no. The Lord has also said that I need to to do 
certain things. Like wisdom requires hard work. Yes. Look to the ant, you sluggard. Consider your ways and be wise. So the good steward does not just operate on hope and prayer. Based upon the steward's union with Christ and the confidence in God's faithful provision, he works heartily as unto the Lord. The good steward uses the full resources that God has provided to him, that God has made available. The good steward is a caretaker of all that God has provided. The good steward plans and budgets. The good steward seeks to save and prepare for the future as best as they are able. The good steward is generous and ready to share just like our heavenly father is. I'm telling you, that's that's power packed in all those areas. But notice that hard work comes at the end. It starts with repentance yes. and going to Christ, not let me work hard and then maybe God will accept me. That's how we in America, for those that are outside of the U.S., I apologize, but we in America, we live with that mindset. Say that again, because that's a, that's a good, solid phrase for us to drill into our hearts and minds. Hard work is absolutely part of the characteristics yes. of good stewardship. Yes, But it is the last in the train of of characteristics, not the first. We don't work hard to earn God's favor, to earn a proper standing with him, to to manipulate from God his blessings. We go to him in repentance for our own sin, looking to Christ and our union with him and and growing in Christ's likeness. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We then have the confidence to move forward no matter what comes, which then results in us able to work heartily unto the Lord. Working is a result of our relationship with God, not a means to get a better relationship with God. And when we're able to repent of what we've done, when we be shift and now be Christ-focused, Christ-centered, and we're trusting in the Lord for the outcomes, both good and bad, we have that confidence. And then from there, because of those pieces, when we work, we are working that unto the Lord, not unto ourselves. And that's what God tends to bless as we're working unto them. So in conclusion, the good steward is faithful. We are not perfect, but Jesus is. The faithful steward turns to Christ when he fails. He understands or she understands that Christ completes all of the obedience that he lacks. And the good steward, more than he wants to grow in his stewardship, wants to become more like Christ. What does the good steward look like? He looks like Jesus Christ. I love what 1 Corinthians 4.2 says. It says, moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found what? Faithful. Found faithful. Faithful to God. Faithful to serve God. Faithful to take care of what he put into their care. And what does a good steward look like? They look like Jesus Christ. As we become more and more like Jesus, we will look more 
like the good steward. And as we become better stewards, we will look, act, and live more like Jesus. Mm, Amen for that. So if you're feeling like you're not measuring up to that good steward benchmark, don't fret. As we started off in the beginning, there's hope. There's always a next step to becoming an even better steward. Remember that stewardship, it's not a singular event or action, but it's a lifestyle. We just don't wake up one day and make a decision and become a good steward. Stewardship is a journey. We said that earlier. We want to say it again. A journey that we are all growing in, making good, right, and proper choices, and again, doing it tomorrow, and again, doing it the next day, next week, next month. It is very similar to sanctification, yet it is a lifelong process of discipleship dealing with the assets, the money, the finances, as what we call in the big picture of stewardship. Will there be setbacks? Definitely will be. But the good steward will again process, assess where they are, what they're doing, what went wrong, and get back on track again. Maybe you need someone to get you started or pointed in the right direction. We say this week after week, and we mean it. Sign up for a free personal stewardship review with one of the members of our team. We'd be more than happy to help you take that next step in biblical financial stewardship. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Stewardology Podcast. Remember to share with us ideas for future episodes. Go to stewardologypodcast.com forward slash ideas. Take advantage of your stewardship review that Drew just talked about. Go to stewardologypodcast.com forward slash review to sign up for your free stewardship review. And remember to like and review this podcast on your favorite podcast catcher. We would greatly appreciate a five-star review. All right. Thanks so much. Until next time, take care. God bless. And remember that it is required of a steward that they be found faithful. Thank you for joining us on the Stewardology Podcast, where financial stewardship and theology meet. We'd like to help you take your next steps in biblical financial stewardship. First, subscribe in your podcast provider to get the newest episode delivered to you every week. Next, follow us on social media and visit our website at stewardologypodcast.com. There you can find our social media links and our entire episode archive. Remember, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. See you next week on the Stewardology Podcast. Securities and advisory services offered through Genios Wealth Management, member FINRA and SIPC.